This is episode 41 of the Marshall Street Podcast. You're listening to the Marshall Street Podcast, the home of music industry know-how that will give you the skills to take your career to the next level. Here are your hosts, Bennett Ferguson and Stu Watts. What is up, everyone? Welcome. We are here for another episode of the Marshall Street Podcast. Yep. Episode 41. Yep. This one is called Planning Your Digital Distribution. It is. It's going to be a doozy. It is going to that be a doozy. for sure. A lot I of can, good. I can guarantee it. A lot of good information here for artists who release their own music, who maybe haven't gone through a full release uh, plan yet, yep. um, who maybe don't know how to distribute their music. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some really good info in this one. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about what the difference is between the companies, um, when you should start planning your release, the timing that you need to allow before you actually release it, mm-hmm. um, as well as Spotify for artists, yep. playlisting, um, a whole bunch of stuff. A whole so, heap of um, stuff. But before we get into it, Marshall Street Studios, what's been happening over the past two weeks? Um, past two weeks, we've had Queen of Confidence come back in. She's finished, just about finished her audio book, um, which is awesome. Super stoked to be part of that project. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, Amazon bestseller in America, Canada, I think Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that audio book is coming soon. We went to London Topaz last week. Yep, we did at the uh, Palais. Yep, that was Kilda. awesome to see some live music again at it a, was good, really good. a good venue. Man, that venue is so sick. It's very cool. Um, so that was awesome. That was definitely a highlight um, of my year so far. That was the first real gig, gig or show yeah. that I've been to. I've been to a couple of like smaller gigs, but that was the first yep. proper And it was cool show. because they um, the concept of that was that we were sitting on the stage with with the with, artist. With the artist. So super intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see out over the crowd that didn't exist yep. out there, but you could see all the seats and stuff and you could see the whole venue yep. from the um, artist's normal perspective. And yep. It was really cool. So. Still had a full light show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Um, and we started our artist coaching programs back up. That is back up. So yep. if you have any questions about artist coaching and development, yep. if you're just starting out your career and you want to know a little bit more about how to get into the scene, hit us up. Yep, slide um, into our DM, send us an email. Yeah. Um, and they're great. We've got a four and an eight week program and it basically mm-hmm. just talks about all the stuff we do on the podcast. We just go much deeper and can apply Focused it to an, on, the, on the actual artist. Yeah. So they're super, super handy and we love running them. Yeah. And as always, if you like what we're doing here on the podcast, make sure you subscribe or follow on the platform that you're listening from yep. um, and share it around with your friends. We, yep. um, we want to give as much value to the music community as possible. Um, so make sure you share it with your friend. Yep, let's get into it. Let's Digital it. distribution, Stewie. Yeah, what is it? What is it? Uh, well, let's break that down first. Because <laughs> um, I think it's basically it's getting your song to um, up to uh, an aggregator, say iTunes, Spotify, somewhere where the public can listen to it. That's really DSP, it. otherwise known yep. as. A digital Dig- service sorry. provider. There we go. That's the one. So, um, so distribution, this is a term that um, a lot of artists might not learn till a little bit later, mm. two or three years in. That was the first... When I heard about it um, was when we signed with Obese and they were talking about, okay, now this is distribution um, and this is the difference. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I didn't know anything about it early on. Yeah. Um, when I was in a band, the Spin Set, back in the day, we were we that was the first band I had was tried to release my music on. Bandcamp existed back there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a DSP, but it do, it's, a, it's all individually um, operated, so separate to what we're going to be talking about today, but still a really great option to communicate with your fans. But we had to go through a company called Reverb Nation, which still exists, but they were one of the first back then. There was only yeah. like CD Baby, TuneCore, 
That's Reverb right, Nation. Yep. There wasn't very many, but these days there's like 25 or 30 or yep. 40. There's so it's, heaps. It's definitely a landscape that has evolved and become more accessible to the independent artist, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely 10, 15 years ago, um, these sort of services weren't readily available. It wasn't just as easy as two weeks before you want a song out, submit it, and then mm. it's going to be on Spotify. Yep. Like it was the the major labels had their black books and their internal networks of how they service stuff. Yep. For you to get your song up on iTunes 15 years ago, the average, unless you were signed or you had a distribution deal with someone, you, you weren't yep. getting it. No. Um, so it's a great, great avenue that's opened up and it's awesome to see all independent artists have this um, service available to them. Yeah. Now we're going to deep dive into a little bit about what the differences are, things to look for, things mm -hmm. to watch out for, um, as well as who we use. We're going to yeah. be fully open about everything. Everything we do in here, we're happy to tell and pass on knowledge. Yeah. So when it comes to thinking about how you're going to get your music out there, Firstly, before even actually going to any websites, doing any research, you need to know as an artist what is important for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to plan a whole lot of things when you're starting up as an artist, but one of the main things is these companies can actually provide a whole bunch of services apart from just getting your music on Spotify and iTunes and YouTube and wherever. These companies offer a number of services such as you know, pitching your music to, um, you know, Spotify and iTunes. Um, they've got a lot of other services to do with even things like, you know, getting on gigs, getting yep. on festivals, Radios. things like that. They do usually have a, um, a whole suite of additional artist services that are available if you use them to distribute. Mm. Um, but as you mentioned first, the uh, one of the big things for artists is to know what you want and what's important to you and what you need. Because although it is good to see this huge suite of things that are available, mm -hmm. a lot of the time with these services, you'll end up paying for a subscription yep. that includes things that you might not necessarily yep. need. Yep. So for the starting artists, we want to fucking keep costs down. Mm. Obviously, if you can, you can keep your budgets and your expenditure lower, you're going to keep more of your revenue money yep. for yourself. Yep. Um, so let's just touch on some of the things one that, that I look for is the dashboard. Mm -hmm. So once you submit a song to your distributor, um, how can you log into the back end and see how it's gone? How mm -hmm. can you track it? Can you see if it's in progress? If you get any playlists, do they notify you? Uh, does, is it clearly separated where your revenue income comes from in terms of territories and of uh, uh, provider like Spotify, iTunes, does it distinguish all of those? Yeah. Does it show you clearly in a calendar breakdown? All of those things I wanted to have really handy to me mm. so that I'm not chasing stuff. Yeah. So if I need to go and log onto the back end for an artist I manage, it, I'm not spending half an hour trying to navigate through pages just to yeah. find that one bit of information. And one of the cool points that you pointed out there was um, things like geography. So when you're planning to start touring again after you know the whole COVID thing dies down and we're going to be able to tour again, you need to know that you're not going to waste your money on touring and something as simple as showing your like geography patterns of where listeners are coming from mm -hmm. um, is really beneficial. Yep. Um, and yeah, so if, if that's important to you, that's one thing to look out for. A hundred percent. Not only that, but having that knowledge, that's leverage. Mm -hmm. If you're pulling huge fans in Russia for whatever reason, say a DJ in Russia starts spinning your tunes and you're just pulling huge numbers in mm -hmm. another country, you can then go to whether it's Spotify or whoever mm -hmm. and actively talk to them yeah. about, hey guys, I've built this big following in Russia, can we talk about getting on some editorial playlist for mm -hmm. that territory? Yep. So, you know, it's not just the country you live in, but by you having access to those analytics, you're going to be able to talk and actually have leverage for, you know, yep. conversations in the further. 
One thing that was important to me starting out was, um, as you were saying, you know, money's a, a thing when you are at any stage in your career, mm-hmm. money's important. And um, to, to be able to see where your royalties are coming from is really important. And they all tell you that, right? They all give you a breakdown of where your royalties are coming from, but some of them have them in uh, really in-depth ways. Like DistroKid's analytics is so extreme that it's almost overwhelming. Like right. I don't need to know as much as they give me. Some people do. Some like major artists mm-hmm. need to know that information for tax purposes, all this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, I didn't need that. You know, with the playbook, we just didn't need that amount of information. So Ditto just gives you um, Ditto's who who both of us uh, recommend yep. currently. Um, you never know what's going to happen in the future, but Ditto's Ditto's 100%. great at the moment. Yep. And, love them, um, love Ditto, love the team down there. Yeah, and their and their analytics of royalty um, distribution, all that sort of stuff, is really clear. It's really easy to to see, broken down by month. Yep. You know, you, you just get a really clear picture of where everything's coming from. There's not yep. too much information. It doesn't yep. overwhelm you when it you're is, wanting to look at it. Yep, it's very, very easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's charts, they graph it out for you, they break mm-hmm. it down by platform, whether it comes from Pandora, from Tidal, from iTunes, from Spotify, then mm-hmm. each territory, whether it came from Australia, New Zealand, America, yep. what month it was done. Um, you know, so you've got all that information that the actual... Uh, the distributor's telling you, mm. and that's what they're basing their royalties off. Mm-hmm. So then if you do want to go in and double-check the working out, you mm. can just bring up your Spotify for Artists back end. You can yep. see, hey, cool, let's check the streams on these months or for this quarter. Mm-hmm. Let's see the graph that Ditto has given us. All right, cool, everything's in order. Yep. Um, so they do make it very easy and clear for you just to make sure everything's above board. One thing that I have found that DistroKid's a little bit further on with than compared to Ditto is their ability to add lyrics and timed lyrics so that when you're sharing your music on stories on Instagram, um, it actually allows you to put up your lyrics timed to, um, to you know, showing you the lyrics yeah, to yeah, the music. Yep, yep. Um, and that to me is, is super That's cool. And I, I really hope Ditto introduce that shortly. Yep. But apart from that, you know, Ditto is just super easy to use. It's yep. cheap. It's like in Australia, it's $19 a year. Yep. You can upload as much music as you want in that year. There's no limitations. Whereas companies like CD Baby, um, I think TuneCore, I could be wrong, but they're actually charging you per release. Mm-hmm. And if you're releasing a, a song every month, that can get really that expensive. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that that's another thing that's super important yep. um, to me. 100%. Um, and then I really like the a point of contact. Um, so for me, when I started shopping around distribution uh, for Clarai, the artists that I manage, obviously having a point of contact was super crucial for me. I needed to have someone that I could email or call if needed, not just a 1-800 support number. Yep. Um, so then or when I, someone that's overseas that email, you can't... Or a support email like, that's not going to communicate with you yeah. and you're just not going to get something Time done in difference. a timely manner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I went through, I basically scouted out um, all the different distributors, literally wrote them all down in a book, was got cool, this is the, my short list of who I'm going to look to, let's, do, let's dive in a little bit deeper, let's see what all the differences are. Um, and then I found only one of them has an office in Melbourne. Mm. So that was a very obvious, um, you know, advantage for Ditto for me. Then I went in, introduced myself to the team, uh, showed them the artists I'm working through, run through the plans, what we've got coming up, um, everything like that. Um, and it's just been a really, really good, seamless, organic relationship from there. Yeah. Um, so that was the one thing that I absolutely love. And to me, that is worth so much more than spending an extra $15, $100 a year on the mm. subscription. Having a person in my city, a point of contact mm. that I can call that knows me, that knows the artist, um, that's hugely, hugely valuable to me. Yeah, absolutely.
Nice. Um, so let's move on. I hope you've got a bit of an understanding uh, about the differences. It's worth doing your research yourself. Yep. One really great article is um, a blog called Ari's Take. Ari's Take, sorry. Um, Ari Herstand is the author of, of that blog and he has – this was about four or five years ago he created yeah. this. He created a big, um, you it's know, like spreadsheet. A big table, yeah, yeah. Table of all of the different mm -hmm. um, uh, – what are they called? Distributors. Distributors that – do that sort of thing and he adds it to it regularly, yep. tells you, breaks it down to how much they cost, yep. what services they perform. Yep. It's a huge it's table. A, and it's, it's a, a It is a really, really good document to yep. start off and have a look at. He yep. even goes through in terms of payout periods. Some do quarterly, some do monthly. Mm -hmm. All of those differences, he breaks them down really well. Yep. He's done a great yep. job of it. There is one little asterisk that I'm <laughs> going to throw out there is that he doesn't speak overly highly about Ditto in that. So there might be a few people listening that's like, hey, you guys say Ditto awesome and you love it. Mm. We checked out this dude Ari's spreadsheet and he doesn't really rate them. Bear in mind, he did get into a bit of a Twitter war with the owner of Ditto. So, you know, there is a bit of personal bias in it. Yep. We love Ditto. I've had absolutely no negative encounters with them. In fact, they are awesome because I always yep. do stupid shit like upload <laughs> the wrong song or the cover art might be wrong or we tweak yeah. it. So I've got last minute changes and they're always super accommodating yep. and could not be more helpful. Yep. So, but as always, worth doing your own research. 100%. What is important to you? That's yep. the main thing. What do you need? If you're yep. if you're the captain of the band and you're in charge of all the admin and the finances, mm -hmm. let's make sure that you're comfortable with the dashboard. You're going to be the one using it. Make yep. sure you know how to read it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So moving on, um, we wanted to give a bit of a, a discussion about why it's important to be mindful of when you want your song to come out. Because a lot of artists, when they're starting out, just starting to write music, they're actually finishing songs, they're going into the studio, they're thinking, okay, we've finished an album, that mm -hmm. means we have to release the album, right? Yeah. Maybe not. Well, <laughs> like, these are the questions. Yeah, they are. So um, why is it important to you as a manager of an artist to, to know when you're going to be releasing a song? Uh, well, to know the date set in stone um, is super crucial because one, that tells you when everything needs to be done by. If there's anything that's still up in the air, you obviously now have a deadline to get your plans in order to make yep. sure all the assets, promotional material, any features, any premieres that need to be lined up are done. Mm -hmm. um, but also moving, like moving forward, once you've got that date, you can then back engineer, reverse engineer, when it needs to be up to your distributor by, when you need to have any press out to press outlets by. Yep. Like that date, isn't it shouldn't just be a date that you pluck out as soon as you finish the project. Yeah. So when it's like, oh man, we finished this project or this song, mm -hmm. a lot of artists go straight to cool. Let's I can have it up in two weeks because that's what Ditto tells me is my turnaround time. Yeah. So I'll, I can leave the studio. I'll upload it tonight at home for my laptop. It'll come out in two weeks. There's this really um, natural thing that happens with musicians and creatives or anyone in general that when they finish a product, they're like so excited about it that they just want everyone to hear it. And that yep. makes complete sense. 100%. But it might not be the smartest thing to do probably if you're wanting to leverage your career and yep. get the most out of every single piece of art that you yep. release. It's definitely uh, not what I would say is the best strategy for it. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that is basically if we break this down into two different, I guess, segments of the musical journey, the first part is the back end that the public has no idea of. This is you in your bedroom, in the studio, writing songs, writing lyrics, producing beats, working with other producers, going through samples, all of that stuff that the public doesn't see, 
that's what you're doing in the first half. Mm -hmm. Then once you go through all of that process and you get to the end where you've got a beautiful written track that you put your time, your effort, your emotional fucking energy has gone into this, mm -hmm. now you're only at the start of phase two. Mm -hmm. Like you've spent all this time internally behind closed doors creating this beautiful product that you wanna to show to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Why isn't there that same amount of time, emotional energy, financial investment put into showing it to the public? Mm. Because like as everyone's I'm sure aware of these days, there is so much content hitting the internet every hour. Mm. Every hour, so much content. There's something like 40,000 songs get uploaded to Spotify every week. Or it might even be every day. Could even well, we, we, I, don't, we I can't remember. They are. It's a lot. It's either the day or week. But Forty thousand. Take, take that. Combine that with the amount of content hitting TikTok every day, hitting Instagram, Instagram every day, hitting Facebook every day. Like there is so much going online that if you think you can finish a project that you spent six months on on your own, just drop it onto the internet with no promotional, nothing mm -hmm. lined up, and you think that that's kind mm -hmm. of gonna work. Look, it's a fucking, it's a brave strategy and I'm yeah. not sure that I'd back it. Um, you might get lucky. There might be a one in a million where it's just this banging track and the right person sees it and shares it. Look, it is definitely in the realms of possibilities. Um, if I was trying to build a sustainable career off it, um, I'd definitely look to improve yeah. things down the line. Yeah, absolutely. So um, even getting on that, mm. um, bringing it back in, it's like, Artists should put as much focus onto the releasing of their music as they do the creating of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's just as important how yeah, 50, artists, 50. how you think about your aesthetics online, how mm -hmm. artists think about they curate their Instagram feeds, all those thoughts that go into, hey man, let's make this look pretty so that people know who I am when mm -hmm. they're coming to my profile. That thought process has to go into the releasing of the song. Do you know what it is? It's it's the fact that, you know, 50, 60% of musos just are really interested in creating. And they're not as interested in the, the the business side of things. And that's cool. If you are one of those people that just really has no business bone, like if you just don't understand marketing, that is where it's important to build up these relationships. We've been talking about building up relationships for, for ages. Yeah. Like it's one of the main things that we talk about because it's so important. Mm -hmm. If you are someone that doesn't have those business instincts, if you're not interested in marketing, find someone is that can help you with this, that is willing to sit with you and just get as much out of you so that they can then plan these sorts of things mm -hmm. and give that energy to your music that it deserves. At the end of the day, <clears throat> it does it deserves it. Like 100%. what's the point? It's I, I've used this analogy all the time. Like it's like when back when people were creating records only, that was the only form of music or CDs. It's like finishing it, getting it pressed, and then just going and putting it on a park bench <laughs> and just hoping that someone will pick it up and you'll get famous. It's yep. just not how it works. Yep. A hundred percent. That's a good analogy. Mm. So um, the other the other thing, you know, all of these assets that we need to build to support a release have to factor into the timing of your release. hundred percent. This is all the promotional lead up campaign. Yeah. Video clips, yep. photo shoots, cover Everything, art. All of it. All of it has to be factored in. And the fact that people are willing to give themselves two weeks to put that music out there, you're selling yourself short. So short, yeah. You're just leaving a whole heap of potential fans on the table because mm -hmm. you didn't really respect the process enough. And at the end of the day, it is what you want to get out of the music. If you're only interested in creating the music and just having fun with making music, you're not interested in the other other stuff, it's totally fine. Do 100%, it. 100%. Correct. Great. It's a yep. hobby. Hundred, And it's because it's like, as we always say, you know, don't complain about stuff. Like yeah. if all you want to do is make music and 
you're happy for that to be a creative outlet that yep. releases energy for you and you know makes you happy mm -hmm. and you're happy to work your job to finance your life and to pay rent then perfect don't don't add any extra stresses on totally. by thinking how do i build a release campaign for my music because that's not what you're using it for mm. but if you're an artist who wants to live off this if career. you want to make yep. a career off music guess what how you release music mm. is pretty fucking important yep Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's just get back to assets. I mean, that's one thing. I know a lot of artists early on, especially me when I was early on, um, unless you've been shown a release campaign from a major or you've worked with a big artist and you've been lucky enough to see how they do it, mm -hmm. um, it's very hard to know what assets we should be making and yeah. and when to drop stuff. Because, yeah. um, you know, there's no right or wrong. There's no set formula. Yep. Um, in fact, it's the opposite. You could come up with the perfect release formula for today, for your song right now, and in eight months that won't translate as well. Mm -hmm. So it's always um, adapting. It's a process that constantly needs to be reevaluated yeah. and see what did I learn from my last release? How can I improve it and tighten the screws so that my next release has the best chance to to do better? Impact, yeah. Yep. The, the, the best, I mean, the most obvious example of that is how, um, you know, even a year or two ago, it was all about the lead up. Mm. It was all about that month leading up, that two months leading mm -hmm. up. Two months, like that is a long period of time. But as the internet's expanded and, and there's more and more people jump on Instagram, jump on TikTok and jump on all those platforms and everyone's trying to sell their own thing, yep. there's so much competition. So these days, how can people be expected to remember absolutely everything that they see? It's just the answer not, is they don't. They don't. They don't. They and don't. So, so that's why you'll see um, major label artists. Guess what? They drop on a Friday, a and you won't hear about that till the Monday. Yep, less it's than super a week. intentional. Because these days, if you tell someone, and there's a lot of artists, independent artists that I know watch our stories, that should really listen to this. Mm -hmm. No one's going to remember four weeks down the line when your track's out. Mm -hmm. If you put up, hey man, got a new song coming, four weeks, great. A lot happens in four weeks. Yeah. I'm not even remembering to go back to your page to check. Hey, for you it. don't remember two hours ago. So, so but it's like so you. They want to have have the thinking that if you've got the point of contact to someone to let them know you've got a new song out. Yeah, they're in your captionment for that that period. Yes, you've got to make sure that there is something there for them to go and check out and look because they're not going to come back next week, yeah. the week after. Once they hear of you, once they see you, have that bit of content there for them to go and look at. And that actually brings us to another thing that the um, digital distributors allow you to do now, which is have a pre-save link. Yep. Um, pre-save links are extremely important for that reason. Mm -hmm. And they'll only give you one in the two or like one or two weeks leading, leading up to it. Yep. Once you've once you've actually put it into their system, it'll tell you, you'll get an email that says, hey, here's your um, pre-save link, yep. share it around. Yep. And guess what? How easy is it for someone to click on a button, mm -hmm. sign into their Spotify, mm -hmm. and that's it. That's all they have to do. Yep. And, and then your, your song is going to appear in their release radar that, that Friday that it gets released. Absolutely. And not yeah. only that, but other people your other people who have similar listening um, patterns to you, yep. if you've pre-saved it and it's come up mm -hmm. in your release radar and another person who has a similar listening profile yep. to you on Spotify, when they're going for a browse through new music, mm -hmm. if Spotify sees you liking this track, it's going to slide it into their, yeah. their radar. What's on? What's what's going on? There's yep. more tracks here. Yeah, so pre-saves, a lot of artists completely disregard them. Use them. Get yeah. as many pre-saves as you can. Um, because, again, if Spotify sees you being active, if your distributor sees you being active, mm. it's going to be more more likely that they want to come to the party and help as well. Yeah. Why would they waste their time with anyone that's not 
working as hard as they possibly can yep. to get their music out there. They're, they're just like any other business. They mm -hmm. want people to be on their on platform. On their platform. Yeah. Yep. Super, super important. Um, and another thing that leads into that is the ability to apply for playlisting. Mm -hmm. I think we can spend quite a bit of time on playlisting because um, it is a really good way. It's, it's not the best way for people to find out who you are because they're not getting that picture of you. You know, in my opinion, it's, you know, it's all about the social media side of things. It's about, um, you know, Instagram and sharing stuff with your fans, getting behind the scenes and all that sort of stuff. Playlists, though, are a good way for people that don't know you to find out about you. To find out about your music. So your one of the, music. Fir the first thing they're going to hear is your track. Correct. Um, like, I look at it as playlisting these days. Editorial, this is not paid playlists. We'll get into them in a little bit for people who pay for their way. Uh, editorial playlists we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. um, they're basically like the new radio. It's radio in 2021. Yeah. You know, it's like back in the 90s when you jump in your car and you listen to the radio. If you heard a track that was Bane, you're like, whoa, what is this? This is sick. Now that gives you the opportunity to go and hear it more, find out about yep. this artist. That's what playlists are. You know, every Friday we listen to New Music Fridays. I know a lot of the industry, all the artists listen to New Music Friday to see what's out mm. there. When we were on tour, the big thing was on Friday, you'd jump on and see what's happening. Yep. So it's a great way for you to have your sonics, your music, to be put in the ears of someone who otherwise wouldn't have pressed play on your yep. song. Everything else you do in your ecosystem, your social media, your presence, how you respond to fans, your stories, all mm -hmm. of that stuff is then complementary and secondary to that. So now you've opened yeah. the door to give them a chance to find out about you as an artist. And um, something that's really important that a lot of people forget to do or just don't give enough time to, in my opinion, is thinking of Spotify and Apple Music as a social media platform. They have on these pages bios photos, links, you can put links in there, mm -hmm. all of this stuff, it is a social media platform. Yep. It's just different because it's it has your music. It's a it's a community. Yes. So it's it's extremely important. What's the, fir the first thing that someone is going to do if they find a song that they like is they're going to go to your profile. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to your artist profile. They're going to try and find out who you are. Yep. If all that you've got is hip-hop artists from Melbourne, that tells them fuck nothing. all. Yep. Absolutely nothing. So it's really important that you show yourself, yep. show as much of you. There's no limit to what you can do. There's a there's a word limit. Yeah. There's a word limit. But, but you your, put your photos up. Get uh, and, get a lot of content on there. This will sound super um, basic, but when you're starting out, and you're, if it's your first release, your first one two years, look at the big artists and how mm. they do it. Literally, go to Justin Bieber's Spotify. Yeah. Hey, guess what, man? Bieber's label isn't going to allow his Spotify to be fucking shit. Yes. So go to the big dogs, see yeah. what their profile yeah. looks like. Get really, you know, really pull it apart. Be like, wow, that's interesting. Their, their bio on Facebook and on Instagram and Spotify, they're all vaguely similar, but this one's got this word count. This one's shorter. This one's longer. They phrase this differently like mm -hmm. this. Like try to find the little nuances of how the big guys do it. And the similarities and across the board. Absolutely. Yeah. And apply it to your own craft. Yep. Yep, you don't have to copy, but no. you can just take p bits and pieces yep. from all of the different artists and that you like. And don't just go to one. Don't just go to Bieber's and totally. But go to a whole heap 100%. of art, big artists in your genre, in your realm. Yeah. Even look at some that aren't in your genre just to compare. Yeah. Um, and then, but like, and that as we came back before to only dropping, uh, only announcing a week out. Yep. Like for that, our relate our release campaigns here internally changed yep. because we saw what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're unfortunately the trendsetters. What big dogs do does impact how the consumers listen to music. Yep. So when the consumer gets used to only hearing about a new song as it drops, 
they have that expectation for local artists as yeah. well. Yep. Um, and coming back to that, I just wanted to touch on what I was talking about having, you know, having less. There's there's this mentality, and I've been there in in my past bands. There's this some sort of mentality that a lot of people have is that they don't want to overload people. They don't want to be too much for people. That doesn't exist anymore, and that's something that you really have to get over and just be shameless about your promotion. If you are killing it in marketing and you're doing the right things, you're being seen in the right places. If you're you know if your pictures are on point, your branding's really good. This impact is huge for how people perceive you as an artist. You might think this thing of like, oh, no one's going to care. No one can. Then that's true. If you mm -hmm. think that, then chances that's are they will. To the universe. Yeah. And even getting back, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is so funny. But you cannot overload people. Like artists, if that's a mind block, if there's anyone listening right now that's like, yeah, that's true. I don't want to overload stuff. Like you really need to change that mindset. And here's why. You can literally not overload consumers through Facebook, Instagram, and social media. You cannot because they will only show content to people who engage with that. So if I'm not engaging with your content, let's say Stu Watts as an artist, say you're posting 10 times a day, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm as a consumer or a fan, I'm going through it and I'm like, fuck, this Stu's guy, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's going to keep content, showing me more, content, more and content. more that you post. Yep. If I If it shows me the first post and I skip past it and then it shows me your second and I skip past it, Instagram's smart enough to yeah. go, hey, guess what? Ben's not really liking Stu's content. We're going to show him some content from the other 500 people he yes, subscribes to. Exactly. So it's not going to populate my feed with content that I don't look at. Yeah. So they're, they're, literally Instagram will, will divvy this out for you. You cannot overload people's feed because mm -hmm. Facebook isn't going to overload their feed with stuff they don't want to see. And on the opposite side of that, it actually um, springs to mind the way that we used to go about promotion when social media and stuff didn't exist. What would you do? You'd text people, you'd hmm. call them, you'd you'd um, you'd figure out a way to try and tell them about you. The the good thing about that sort of marketing is that they get it directly. Whereas these days with social media, stories, feeds, all that sort of stuff, as you're saying, if you haven't you know initiated that regularity with their page, it's not going to show it to not you. Not going to so, show you. Think outside the box. Yep. You need to be taking it seriously and inboxing your friends. Yep. Thinking about how can I get this to people? How yep. can I get this in front of their face? Yep. And it's and sometimes it's not as simple as you think. Yep. And um, sometimes so. it's not the strategy you thought that would be good. Sometimes mm -hmm. you roll out a strategy that you thought was going to crush and it does nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's all a learning curve. There is no right or wrong or set in stone. Yeah. But it's just being mindful that it is a process that needs to be respected. Mm. And not only that, keep track of stuff. Keep mm. spreadsheets. If you're talking to people, if you're, you know, if you've got a network that you mail your EPKs and your press releases out to, keep a tab on that. When you email them, if you need a follow-up, mm -hmm. like chart it all. Keep it all it's, written down because guess what? Next release, you're not going to remember what you did six weeks ago or two months ago. Yep. Have it there so you can just pull up your document. Cool, release document from last time. Let's go through it. Oh, that's right. That worked really well. I'm going to oh, incorporate that. That, person. that one yeah. didn't. You know, all of these things you can actually progress forward Absolutely. because you've kept a, a track of it. And, and 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 again on the opposite, it's missed opportunity if you're not tracking. Mm -hmm. It's it's exactly the same as before. What we were talking about, you know, just putting your music up there. It's the same sort of thing. If you're not tracking who you've communicated with, you will forget. Mm -hmm. Therefore, by tracking it, you can keep tabs on all of the people that you've been in contact with, whether they haven't gotten back to you, how you communicated with them. 
Did you DM, DM them on Instagram? Did yep. you send them an email? Yep. This is all really important stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, again, think of it as your business. It is a business. As your business, as a business owner, do you think, you know, companies are just losing contact? Do you, do you, think, <laughs> Apple, do you think Apple doesn't measure everything that yeah. goes through it? Yeah. But it's like, even I'm glad you said that to treat it like a business because it 100% is. Yes. And there's a, this is not spoken about at the start of artist career, but when someone goes, hey, I want to be an artist or I want to be in music, what that's really saying is, hey, I want to be a sole operator of a business. I want to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. Now, no one tells you that on the side of running your own business and being your own boss is, guess what? Finances, admin, you have to run, keep all your paperwork. Yep. All of that stuff is just as much of being an artist as creating a great song. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, I want to bring it back to playlisting. There's a bit of a um, trend that I'm seeing over the past six months, I would probably say, maybe even a year. Mm -hmm. And it really, I've, got, I've got a bone to pick with the, with Let's do the it. people. I'm, I'm very sick of seeing people focusing on playlists as the only way to get mm -hmm. their music out there. Whether that's the case or not, it's what I see. Yep. So therefore it is true. Right, as a consumer, what mm -hmm. you see is what you what is true to you. Mm -hmm. And if all I'm seeing is people going, "I created a new playlist. Who wants to be on it?" and they're thinking that that's the best way to initiate a relationship with other artists, or to try and get their music out there, or to try and yeah. get their friends' music out there, it's just not true. Why would I follow some randoms playlist? And how would I find it? Like, what's what is the real purpose behind this? Your thinking is, "I'm going to get it out there to more people." It's a good start, but it's not the end of the line. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm seeing it all the time. I'm in the Facebook groups and things like that. People are going, hey, I created a new playlist. Who wants to be on it? It's like, that's great. Like, are you doing the rest of the steps that we've been talking mm -hmm. about? Well, I think the short answer to that is artists who do, that, who do see it that way, um, it's from lack of understanding of the bigger picture. Mm. They're after the symptom, not the action. Mm -hmm. They want the symptom of, oh, I'm on a playlist, mm -hmm. not the actual action of, oh, cool, I did all of these in steps and this is what led to this. Yep. So they're looking for the straight shortcut, which mm -hmm. leads to what I'm sick of, which is my Instagram feed full of uh, purchase playlist. Hey, $15 and I'll put you on my playlist, $50 playlist with 80,000 views. And we see artists who come through here and it kills me to see them sucked into these, yeah, these sort of scams it's is so what they are. Because they're bought playlists. Like they are paid playlists. You don't – Spotify does not accept money to be in a playlist. Yeah. Anyone who wants you to pay to be on a playlist mm -hmm. is full of shit mm. um, because – and they might have curated a big playlist, but it's – you don't pay for playlists. Um, you, if someone uh, wants you enough, they'll find you. Yeah, at the, at the end, end of the day. If they want their playlist to be big, you know, it either two way. One, they think your song's shit, so you pay to be in it. Yep. Or two, they think your song's awesome and it's going to bring more followers to their playlist, yep. so they add it that way. Yep. If they don't want to naturally add it because it's going to add value to their playlist, they don't think your track's good enough anyway. And you've got to be confident in that. Yeah, You've got to no. stick by your guns. Yeah, like... tell them to go fuck themselves. A hundred percent. You should see yeah. some of the emails I write back yeah. to people. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Spotify does not charge for playlisting. Yeah. Uh, how you do get on playlists is uh, through the back end of Spotify for Artists. Mm -hmm. So once you put a project up through your distributor, uh, now this is the big thing that people should know, whether it's a single song project or a 20 song project. Once that project itself is put to your distributor, it will come into the back end of your Spotify for Artists. Once it's appeared there, that's usually two weeks out from your release. Uh, once it's appeared there, you can then pitch one song for one editorial song. playlisting. So it doesn't matter if you've got a single or a 10-track album, you can only pitch one song from mm -hmm. the project at a time. Yep. So for artists listening, 
yes, that does lead you down the path of don't drop 10, art, 10 songs at once because you only get a chance to pitch one of them. If you've got 10 songs, drop them independently as single projects and then you can pitch each of them yep. separately. Yep. Um, and then when you go into the back, it's a form. It's super easy to navigate. It doesn't take long. Mm. Um, and the biggest tip I can give people when filling this out is just try to put your mind into the mind of a Spotify curator. employee yeah. curator. Look at the words that the Spotify playlists are built around. Pop Punk's Not Dead, Running, um, all the Drip, New, new Music Fridays, mm -hmm. whatever. There's other ones. But think about the words they use in the playlist mm -hmm. and then really do some homework so that you know and you think what playlist would be good. Yep. Usually how they work is there's a hierarchy. There's usually about five or six different playlists in each genre with a new a one that's up the top, which is the big one. And then they usually have three or four different yep. lower lower grade editorial playlists. They may update a little bit less or something like that even. Yep, but yeah. they, they that's where they generally test artists for. Yeah. So the first time you get an editorial, it might be on one of these smaller ones. They just mm -hmm. want to see, hey, cool, we've got this new artist. Let's put it up in this editorial. How does it go? Mm -hmm. Are people constantly skipping it? Yep. Are people going back to it? All of that information they get and that leads them to see if they're going to playlist your next song. Yep. Absolutely. Which brings me to another point of people getting their friends to leave their song on repeat and turning their sound off because they think it's going to rack up streams. Yeah. Um, or people getting their, as you said, getting your song on a playlist that it might not necessarily sit at. Mm. What this is going to do is create other users. It's going to make other listeners of the playlist either skip your song or go past it. Um, and Spotify notices that. If your song's on a playlist, about that's it's not genre matched, right? So let's say you as Stu run a a big playlist, right? With heaps let's, of listeners. Let's say like an exercise playlist or yep. something. And it's let's just say it's mainly hip hop music that's on there, okay? Or yeah, hip hop, dance, is. whatever it is. Uh, and then I'm in an alternative heavy band. You're my buddy. I'm like, hey Stu, you've got this big playlist, man. Do you mind putting my song in there for you know exposure? It'd really help me get get my name mm -hmm. out. You're like, yeah, sweet, of course, man. I'll mm -hmm. help you out. You put my song into your playlist. If it's not matching there. All that happens is people will be vibing to your playlist. Then when my song comes on, they're going to yep. go next so they yep. can get back to your regularly programmed yes. listening. Yeah. Yeah. And Spotify sees that and it sees my song and it goes, well, Ben's song, every time someone listens to it or eight times out of ten when someone listens to it, they skip, skip next in the first five seconds. Mm -hmm. That tells Spotify a lot about the song. Yep. And really you've given them misinformation but yep. you've given them really, really negative misinformation mm -hmm. about your own asset. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just something that, people wouldn't even consider. Yep. It's just, it's not in the realm of existence, but that is a real thing that happens all the time. Absolutely. Um, so I guess in summary for that point, my my thing is don't look at the numbers, don't look at being on a playlist, don't look at those sorts of things as the goal because mm -hmm. it's all a part of you having music out there, being an artist. It, that's just a little part of it. Mm -hmm. The numbers aren't, that important. You might think that that is how you get to be in the like. Oh, I got seventy thousand streams in the first week, and you think that um, people are going to look at you any better Different. for that? Yep. There's there's Nothing processes. Yep. These people that are in charge of things in the industry, whether it's booking gigs, whether it's you know putting you on a video game, or they're not looking at that stuff. I can tell you now, that's a piece of the puzzle. It's one it piece. is not the main thing that 100%. you want to look for. And so. And in fact, on the flip, another thing that I just want to bring up there as playlists not being the be-all and end-all because they definitely are not. In fact, you're more likely to get good playlisting from Spotify 
with all the other stuff. Because mm -hmm. you think about it, if you've got a great release campaign and you've tied in a premiere with a blog and then you've got a feature article in another blog and you're actively servicing out your press release, yep. Spotify is going to be more likely to add you to a playlist mm -hmm. because guess what? When you log onto the internet, cool, here's Stu in this playlist. Or yep. In this premiere, he's got this feature. Yep. Wow, now I, put, now I should put him in the Spotify editorial. Yep. It's not the other way around. You don't yep. get the playlist first and then the press comes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the other thing that's even more important, I would argue, is, is your fans. Oh, yeah. how, are you, how are you getting your fans to be on board with you? How are they jumping on your train, you know? Right, like think about Twitter, the power of these sorts of platforms. If people are talking about you and these music industry heads, whoever they are, they're seeing that because they're also on Twitter and they're seeing what people are reposting. They're seeing your name everywhere as well as places like, you know, blogs and, and reviews and all the stuff that you were talking about. It is all of these things combined. Yep. I hope you understand that all of the things that we're talking about, it's a combination of yep. all of these things. Do not put all your attention, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yep. And also what you'll notice over the last 10 to 15 minutes as we've really gotten into this, not one part we have spoken about is the musical asset, is the mm. song. Yeah. Because we assume that's been done. This is, yeah. you now have to get your head into the space of releasing. Mm -hmm. All of these thought process, not one time is this, all right, the, the song the at this song. point is done and should be at a very high quality. Yep. That just now allows you to, cool, let's put together a good campaign. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, another conversation that we won't talk about right now is, you know, we've talked about so many times people getting stuck on their songs. Mm. All of this stuff that we're talking about is arguably way more important than this one song that you're putting yep. all well, the Well, not only that, into. but the end of chorus number three when you think it should go this way and the drummer thinks it should end like that and you've sat on that track for two months because yeah. you can't get it and you then can't that's delayed. You can't stop arguing about it. When yeah. really you don't have the kind of big picture to see, hey, guess what? This part of the track isn't as important. What's important is that the track gets done to a very high standard, that we have all our assets on time, that we have a release plan, yep. and that we can action this plan. These that are the things big that are way more important. Is way more important. Yep. Cool. I think uh, we've we've gone into a lot of detail here. We've covered a lot of bases, but um, in summary, digital distributors do your research. Find out what is important to you first, mm -hmm. then do your research take notes, what is important to you, match it up with the distributor. Yep, they tick all of these boxes. Yep. I'm going to try them out. Yep. You don't have to stay with them. Yeah, and Give them a this try. Isn't, this isn't locked in for life. Exactly. You know? So definitely, but make sure you know what you're looking for that's going to make your life easier um, and then naturally go to towards whoever's going to cater for that. Yep. Um, and then plan your releases, figure out when your release date is going to be. That's the first step. And then reverse engineer from there usually you'll find that it's probably a good four or five weeks that you need at least to be planning one single mm -hmm. um, song um, that all of the things that come with it, photography, videography, album covers, all that sort of stuff, it'll take you a fair bit of time. I would say give yourself four to five weeks for the planning at least yep. and then the actual release advertising yep. within a week, I would say, right at this stage in time. Yep. Within a week is a, is a good sort of time period. Yep. And then playlisting and, yep. and all playlisting. Those extra Don't pay for it. Um, you know, you're not going to fool anyone. Spotify for artists. You can log into the back end, and I can look at other artist streams. You know, it does give you that ability. Yes. So if an artist comes to me and they want to flex about how many streams they've got, guess what's the first thing I do after they leave that meeting? 
I log into Spotify for artists and I look at their back end. I yep. look at their streams, their followers, all of this stuff. And it is very obvious when numbers don't match up. Yep. You're not fooling anyone. Mm -hmm. Do not pay for playlisting. Doesn't matter how many thousands of streams. They promise you Spotify does not accept money to get on playlists. Pitch it properly. Yep. Awesome. Well, that about wraps it up. Again, if you've, uh, if you've found this valuable, we would yep. love if you would share it with your friends. Um, yep, we, as wanna, we want as many people to hear about what we're talking about. Definitely. Um, um, yeah, as always, if you've thought this is useful, make sure to like and uh, comment or like and subscribe to this channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's the big one. If you've got friends who are about to start releasing music, look, this is definitely a, um, a topic that is, it's not the funnest to research, um, but it's definitely a crucial one. It's important. So it's um, make sure that they know about it. And we're, we're doing stuff like this on a daily basis. So yep. Please do not be scared to get in touch with us. Yeah, shoot us, a, yeah. In, shoot us a DM on Insta, Facebook. If you've got any questions, if you think that this is all too much and you just don't believe in releasing plans, shoot me a message. I'll fucking convince you. Otherwise, um, <laughs> if you haven't thought that after listening to this <laughs> podcast and you need more convincing, yep, hit yep. us up. Uh, we are, this literally is what we do. This yep. is what we want to run. Um, this is the knowledge we want to share. Um, and so we're happy to do it. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for watching the Marshall Street Podcast. Done. See ya. We'll be